Welcome to the Lesbian Review Podcast. I'm Sheena, and today I'm joined by a fellow reviewer and all-round awesome person, Brooklyn. Hi! And she's joining me today to talk about the top 10 lesbian fiction women who will kick your ass. Brooklyn and I have uh, several things in common. We like women. And we like women that can kick our ass. Yeah, we pretty much do, hey? So we love reading action and adventure books and books with awesome heroines who can do some serious damage to our delicate little buttockses. So we decided to put them together into an awesome list of which I only have five and I have not added Requiem onto my list. This is a huge accomplishment for me as a human being. Brooklyn has like seven and guess who's on her list? (laughs) I was trained by Tara, so we all know about excess and pics. You know what Tara's going to say? Tara only has one response to this sort of thing, and it's rude, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. She leaves it at that, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so when I was creating this list, I basically wanted to create characters that were exceptional in some way. So there are a lot of awesome female characters in Lesbic. I mean, it's just kind of a requirement. You have to have amazing female characters. But I wanted ones that were fun to read about, that appeared in great books, and where the books themselves I want to highly recommend. I also wanted something a little bit different about each one. So, my first pick is Ruby from a book called The Only Way by Jamie Sullivan. Have you read it? No, I haven't. I have not at all. What's it about? You're missing out. You'll love this one. This is what it's about. (laughs) The Only Way is set in a bleak, poverty-stricken world. The city holds the wealth and opulence of those with too much money and no caring for anyone else. Next to it is the alley, a sector much poorer than the city, but a veritable palace in comparison to the gutter, where the poorest residents live. Each section is blocked off from the others with security guards, fences and gates that need passes. Our main character, Hart, lives in the gutter. So to make ends meet, her father is a fighter. Fighters earn more than many of the residents who pick up bits of metal and thrown away appliances that have landed in the trash heap that surrounds their living space. Fighting is dangerous, though, and when her father doesn't come home from a fight, she is forced to figure out how to keep her family alive. Her mother was injured in a work accident and is not healthy enough to find work, and even if there were jobs available, she wouldn't be able to work. As Hart is the oldest of the siblings, she has three younger siblings, so she looks for work, but knows that she's only going to find work on her back. And in a desperate bid to feed her family, she cuts her hair, pretends to be a boy, and enters the world of no-holds-barred fighting. Initially, she's dismissed by the arena owners until one man decides to give her a chance and takes her on to train her. In his arena, in the alley, she meets his daughter, Ruby. Ruby trains hard to fight, and they develop a strong friendship. And as they grow closer, Hart finds it increasingly difficult to keep up the appearance of being a boy. My kick-ass character in this is Ruby, because Ruby is this very feisty, no-excuses girl who can kick just about any guy's butt. And she is definitely going to kick my butt. So that's my first character. That sounds like a good book. That sounds like I'd read it. So you went through these like really nice and educational reasons as to why you pick your book like you and all the other reviewers do, and you make me feel like this is how I pick my book. Does she turn me on? No. Okay, didn't pick it. Like, is she hot? No. All right, so (laughs) my list isn't as comprehensive as Sheena's. 
the reasons why I picked it is because these are all women that I find very sexy and can kick my butt. <laughs> so my first pick is sort of the Gladiatrix um, by Faith L. Justice. This is total redemption because last time I talked about this book on my podcast, I was a little drunk and so excited I didn't even tell you what the title was. So sort of the Gladiatrix is a book set in the time of Rome when Rome was at its peak and it's about two women who were basically sold into slavery and the slave driver uses them to be gladiators. There are actually like a lot of like research and stuff that women were gladiators like back in the day and things like that. It wasn't just as popular. So it's this story about these two women who like come together, meet and they like form a bond because they've been through so much. And then one gets separated from the other and then they wind up in the same arena and basically it's one of them's going to have to die in this arena and that's how the story opens it's really good really good my lady that I picked her name is Afra. there's actually two girls but Sheena's only allowing me to pick one per story apparently and Africa is this like six foot woman from Africa and she just tames these like two cheetahs and so she's like really good with animals and she is a fighter she could really kick my butt and I like it because she, not only is she strong like physically but she's strong mentally like she like even through like I'm sorry guys but even through rape and like through everything else being beaten and like mistreated she just makes it she makes it all the way through and that is my first pick Afra. she's a sexy tall dark drink of water that's that <laughs> for the record all of my picks are hot as hell too that helps. I don't think they've ever written a story and be like, oh my god, she was so ugly. <laughs> like, I don't think there's an ugly girl in a book. <laughs> that is a very good point. My next pick is Jack from Depths of Blue by Lise McTagg. Here's the story of Depths of Blue, and this is actually just such a great book. I absolutely love it. Taryn is a smuggler who's always looking for the next big score. When she hears about a civil war on a relatively isolated planet, she can't help but see the money she can make. Jack is one of the best snipers in the male-only army. Hiding the fact that she's a woman is not always easy, but it's necessary. Little does she know that her mission to kill the off-world smuggler will lead to big decisions and an unexpected attraction. This is the life-and-death adventure of two women who not only fight their way through enemy territory, battle fatigue, and the local wildlife, but then they have to escape from the not-so-friendly allies as well. Jack stays awake for some ridiculous amount of time in this book. Like, she takes these pulls that mean she can stay awake just so that she can protect Torrin. Jack takes down this, like... Jack does the most amazing things in this book. And, yeah, I root for Jack all the way. Go, Jack. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought up the whole Deceptions Ed series. Being an avid <laughs> fan, owning all books physically and digitally. Let me tell you something. Torin could totally kick Jack's butt, and you can see that in their sex. If you read any of the books, you would realize Torin's so dominant. So, you reckon Torin will kick Jack's ass? Yes and no, because the thing is, Torin would kick Jack's ass because Jack would let her. <laughs> That's kind of hot. <laughs> Torin is trained in hand-to-hand -hand combat, and if you had read Heights of Green, which is a really, really good book, you would know, like... Torrent is like really good at fighting so I'm just saying like gun versus gun Jack would win but like hand to hand Torrent would totally win so I guess it's really just kind of the situation that you're in but Jack has been working in the army legitimately like killing people for years and years and so you got to give the woman props for that 
Plus, she's been, you know, managing to hide that she's a woman. No, I like Jack. I think Jack is freaking awesome. For but all of our listeners Jack- out there, I would like to point out, again, number two, Sheena has picked a short lesbian, and I have picked a tall lesbian. This is true. Jack's in no means a femme, so let's just put that out there. Okay, this is my second pick. I was I realizing I like a lot of books with swords apparently, so my next big is book is Sword of the Guardian. <laughs> I tried to pick I realized that so I did try to go in with other than swords, but this is my only other sword pick. This one is similar basically to what Sheena's book was with that it's like um Talon was an acrobat in a circus and her and her sister and her family basically her mom and dad die and um they get swooped up by the castle and they're like working for the castle and with Talon's acrobatic skills one day she impresses the princess and the king sees that as well and I think the king knows does the king know do you remember the king does know that she's a woman and that's why he allows her to pretend continue pretending to be a man so that so that she can protect his daughter because he knows that there's not going to be any funny business between them because they're both girls exactly so i think acrobats is like some of the my like the sexiest thing in the world i feel like if you're an acrobat you can kick anybody's butt and that's talent right there and um you know she does this like really cool stunt that really stands out in my mind it's like um the princess's hat is stuck in a tree or something and she like hops up on a horse and she like rides up on the horse and like gets on her feet and like backflips into the air and like grabs the hat or something and like lands on a tree branch i don't know i'm making that up like it's a blue feather that her brother gave her before he died okay so it's a very important feather but it's super hot she's super flexible she can jump really high she could kick my butt any day of the week she also has broad shoulders she's trained in all sorts of military strategy because as the the bodyguard she has a lot of time to study while the princess okay. is, is busy doing whatever it is she's learning. And so she becomes this amazing general in the army eventually. And that ties in actually with, with my next pick. <laughs> and my next pick is Cade from Prayer of the Handmaiden by Mary Shannon, which is the follow-up to Sword of the Guardian. Now what Mary Shannon does, which is really interesting, is she takes the main characters from the first book, and makes them side characters in the second book, takes side characters from the first book and makes them the main characters in the second book. And I kind of like when authors do that because you get a sense of the world and the different stories. And the two books are night and day different from each other. The first book is a very physical book, a lot of hand-to-hand combat, a lot of like physical being-in-your-body stuff happening. The second book, Prayer of the Handmaiden, is a much more kind of spiritual um gentler read but it's also an excellent read so this is what my number three is is Cade from Prayer of a Handmaiden so the story is about Erinda and Cadrian Cade they're the main characters of this novel Cade is appointed as the spiritual warrior by the goddess Itheris everyone is mystified including Cade herself since she isn't particularly outspoken or warrior-like through the book, the backstory evolves, and we discover that Arinda and Cade were childhood sweethearts. But the priestesses can't be romantically involved, and Cade had to leave Arinda when she joined the service of the goddess seven years before. Arinda works as the chambermaid, I think it is, 
for the princess in book one. Her and Talon have a small tryst in the first book. So we are introduced to her as a lesbian in book one already. But now we get to see her backstory. So Erinda has never been able to get over losing Cade, and in a desperate attempt to forget her childhood sweetheart, she flees her job in the palace to join the army that is headed for war with the barbarians. The barbarians have crossed into the goddess's lands very aggressively, trying to wipe out the goddess's power hold. And little does Erinda know that she's actually not leaving anything behind because the goddess has sent Cade to fight in the same battle. So the two meet up again, and all sorts of interesting, cute, fun, romantic things happen. You know, they talk about that, uh, they talk about the relationship in that first book as well. Even though that Talon and whatever have a trust, she's like my best friend, blah, blah, blah. They do, but you really only discover the backstory. Like, the, you in the first book, there's a very brief part where the two of them meet very briefly, and there's like all this tension between them, but then you get to see their real story in Prayer of a Handmaiden. And it's a very different kind of a read, but it's a great read. And Cade, I think Cade can kick anybody's ass, including Talon's. Why? Why do you say that? Did you read Prayer of a Handmaiden? No. That's the only Mary Shannon book I didn't read because I was like, if I read this book, I'm out of Mary Shannon books. I have no more. And so I'm just treasuring that. (laughs) Yeah, I get that. It's worth a read, though. It's a great read. Because she has all these spiritual powers from the goddess Itherus. And... With them, she can do a lot more damage than, like, hand-to-hand combat and stuff. All right, fine. Yeah, yeah. Magic powers definitely win <laughs> over a sword. <laughs> okay, what's your what's your number three? Uh, this one's hard to talk about, but if we're, if we're going to compare characters and see which character is going to kick which character's butt, then my next character would for sure kick your character's butt. So my number three, and I'm always pushing this book because I cannot believe it's not that popular, but it's called Rabbits of the Apocalypse by Benny Lawrence. Benny Lawrence has a few books, but this one is my favorite. And this book is a post-apocalyptic world. You know, there's like raiders or there's a, what is she running from? The League. So like there's the League of people and then you have people who are like just kind of like trying to make it in this world. There's a character named Cassie who is just trying to make it in this world and um she could kick she can kick ass because she turns out to have a hidden power that we can't tell you about because it'll spoil the book for you but basically she turns out to not be what you think she is. Okay. So then there's Cassie but there's also Pax and Sheena so graciously is letting me pick two characters per book on this one and Depths of Blue. But anyway, so this other character's name is Pax, and she is able to kick your ass, but not in a way that you would think. I kind of like this pick because, you know, there's always, like, survival of the fittest, whoever's, like, you know, Darwin's theory, who's ever stronger is going to survive. But my theory is it's survival of the smartest, because if something's heavy and you have the right type of lever, you can still lift it no matter who you are, okay? Pax is super smart. (laughs) She's super smart, and she outwits people at every turn. And um, I think with that ability and her living in a post-apocalyptic world, having street smarts and things like that, I think that her cunningness and her skill, no matter how strong your character is or how many religious powers someone's given her, I think that she would be able to outsmart whoever and um, overcome. <laughs> oh, I didn't tell you what the book was about. <laughs> Wait, the, the book? <laughs> Put Kate, what did she ever do to you? <laughs> 
personal now. I hope you know that. <laughs> I've got my, my group of like kick-ass lesbians. You've got yours. Like we're going to send them into battle like Pokemon. Oh, I think you're on. Mine will kick your ass. I'm a little competitive. <laughs> I don't think so. Sheena also agreed to okay. me, agreed to have like a live mud wrestle with me um, on Facebook in the group soon. So that's going to happen. Who's this? Who agreed this? Who agreed this? You and me. Remember we were going to like wrestle in some mud and like we're going to see who's like the ultimate fighter? I- I'm pretty sure I never agreed to mud, Brooklyn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you just made that up. <laughs> I'm going to look it up on our Twitter messages. I'll find it. Don't worry about it. And then I'll post it on the lesbian review. Don't worry about it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, she's thinking because she knows she said it. You have said it like at least two or three times. I have no idea if I said it, but it doesn't sound like me, but okay. Okay, but tell us the story. And this is the synopsis. (laughs) Rabbits of the Apocalypse is set in a non-too-distant future plagued with drought. Human trafficking, ugh. Rabid religious groups, ugh. And people who completely lack a sense of humor. What with all the hunger, chaos, sunstroke landmines and radiation it's hard to get by and harder still to get laid that's why i picked up this book boom in the remote desert town of lafonte casey prentice has been trying to survive the end times by keeping her head down and refusing to give a damn about anyone except for her younger sister emily and wingman malice hiroyama who is an also could kick your ass amazing character i agree malice is my favorite character in this book yeah it's like in the name malice Okay, but the but that ceases to be an option when a powerful and mysterious entity known as the Anastasian League descends on the mm-hmm. town. Casey offers shelters to genius Pax, who is trying to escape the League. In doing so, she invites a whole new kind of danger in her life on top of a budding romance. The town of Lafontaine has a secret, and if the League discover it, discovers it, then the apocalypse will be the least of Casey's worries. It's a fun read, but I'm a huge fan of Benny Lawrence in general. I love her work, and I'm glad you managed to get this on the list. So, two thumbs up. Cool, cool, cool. Right. What's your next pick? Okay, number four. Number four is the character Olivia from Tricky Wisdom and Tricky Chances by Cameron Ide. So, I'm going to read the thing about Tricky Wisdom, because that's the first book, but Why She Kicks Ass is actually in Tricky Chances, which is the second book, but you have to read them in order, otherwise... You lose something beautiful. So, we're going to start with book one. So, you're technically cheating right now. (laughs) Um, No, because my pick is Tricky Wisdom and Tricky Chances. (laughs) (laughs) See? She was like, I only have five characters. I'm so good. She's pulling the Terra. She's doing a Terra. You're not supposed to notice. Okay. Okay. Darcy Wright is deep in her closets and has been in love with her best friend Taylor since junior high. At the beginning of the book, she leaves a small town that she comes from in order to study medicine at Harvard. She moves into an off-campus apartment with Olivia, another medical student. Olivia is neurotic, brusque, and an all-round ice queen. But she's also brilliant and beautiful and ends up changing Darcy's world when she agrees to pretend to be Darcy's girlfriend in a scheme to help Darcy win Taylor's affection. But now, the reason I chose Olivia, who happens to be tall, thank you. What was your last pick? Was she short? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Anyway, Olivia, right? Olivia is this amazing character who seems to be one thing, but she's actually something very different when you get to know her. And Cameron and I did just the most amazing character work with her throughout the two books. And she is one of the most emotionally strong people I have ever read. She has gone through so much in her life that if I had gone through that, I think I'd be a, a weeping puddle on the ground. And she's going to be a doctor. So this is why I chose Olivia from Tricky Wisdom and Tricky Chances. <laughs> Cheater. But, you know, it's cool. <laughs> we don't judge at the lesbian review. It's true, we don't. Uh, well, okay. a little bit, yeah. We have to judge. <laughs> like, it's like our job. <laughs> it's our job. <laughs> they actually, okay, we redact that statement. They pay us to judge. Well, they, we don't get paid, but <laughs> if it was a job, we'd be getting paid to judge. Yeah. Okay, so what's your next pick? Okay, my next pick is, and I'm ready for it, it's called The Tea Machine. And just so everybody knows, Afra tall. Talon, tall. Cassie and Pax, tall, sexy. Um, and The Tea Machine, I've picked Sangfroid, tall, sexy. Okay, and also Sangfroid has a partner, but Sheena was harping on me earlier about only picking one character per book, so I'm only going to pick Sangfroid. <laughs> Here's the synopsis to I'm not harping. <laughs> She wasn't even, she said, like, one thing, and I, like, took it and ran with it. Like, she's really nice, actually. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I like to embellish. Okay, so embellish about this book. Okay, I'm just going to read the blurb. London, 1862, and Millicent Aberley, spinster by choice, which means um, if you're young like me and needed to look that up, you've never been married. Spinster by choice has found her future love in the future. She meddled with her brother's time machine and has been catapulted into an alternative world where the Roman Empire has neither declined or fell. Okay, so I'm seeing I'm seeing that I really like Rome. There's a theme here. Has neither declined or fell. In fact, it has gone on to annex most of the known universe. Millicent is rescued from Rome's greatest enemy, the giant space squid, by Sangfroin, a tough, yum, wily centurion who, unfortunately, dies while protecting her. Yes, she dies. Do I like books where people die? Yes, I do. Racked by guilt and a peculiar fascination for the woman soldier, Millicent is determined to return in time and save Sangfroid from her fatal heroics. Instead, she finds her sexy centurion in her own timeline. And Sangfroid is not alone. Several stowaways have come along with her. Soon Millicent's muse house is overrun with Roman space warriors and a giant squid. Okay, so in this story, I picked Sangfroid because this girl dies like seven times. How can you be tougher than dying and coming back to life than seven times? Also, she's tall and she does fight a space squid and wins eventually. And um, she also goes back in time to Rome, like way, way back in the day, to rescue Millicent, who gets like stuck in Rome because the time machine gets all crazy. Yeah, you got a good point. If you die seven times and keep coming back to life, that's pretty epic. I also picked her because she was like really, really hot and funny. This book is hilarious. Jill McKnight has a brilliant sense of humor, though. Like, I really like her writing. I almost picked Amber for this list because Jolie Garul is like one of my favorite characters, and she's in her own right a real kick ass character but I decided against it because I had her on one of my other lists yeah I have favorite books that I just want to make lots of different lists with them you know so I've got like my 10 books and I'm going to use all those 10 books in like all 500 lists I made I know you like find a way to fit it into anything like literally anything (laughs) I 
can't help it if I see the connection. This book is brilliant <laughs> for many reasons, not just one. Okay, alright. Alright, I feel you because, uh, you know, like, I want to fit the ex-wives of Dracula into everything, and I had to scratch that off my list today. I was like, not today. Name drop. I get that. Yeah. Okay, so my final pick. Drum roll, please. My final pick. <laughs> I love your drum roll. Is Jude... A character from the book Lucifer Rising by Sharon Bowers. Have you read that? No, I haven't. Brooklyn, you would love this book. What's it about? This is the story of fallen DEA angel Jude Lucian and the Miami Herald reporter determined to unearth Jude's secrets. When an apparently happenstance meeting introduces Jude to reporter Liz Gardner, the dark DEA ex-agent is both intrigued and aroused by the young woman. A sniper shot intended for Jude strikes Liz, and the two women are thrown together in a race to discover who is intent on killing Jude. As their lives become more and more intertwined, Jude finds herself unexpectedly falling for the reporter, and Liz discovered that the agent-turned-drug dealer is both more and less than she seems. That sounds kind of like another my book that I'm going to say is my number five. Yeah. And so why is Jude so tough if she's not even the one that got shot? She runs this massive drug empire. After being a DEA agent, she was in the perfect position to take over as head of the drug cartel when she arrested the former drug cartel leader. And so when her partner died, she went into a tailspin and became the baddest bitch in town. Uh, is she tall or short? She's tall. She's tall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And, guys, that means that this lady was in charge of, like, a whole bunch of burly men. So, that's gotta be pretty tough. Yeah. Plus, imagine what it takes to run and grow one of the largest drug cartels around. Like, how ruthless do you have to be? Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know everybody's probably lying to your face or, or something. Like, you never know who to trust. And that's pro- that's yeah. scary. It's so funny, because I was thinking like that about that the other day. Starting my own drug yep. cartel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Random thoughts from Brooklyn. <laughs> I was just kidding. So, this is a kick-ass book. Here's the problem with this book. This book used to be on my top ten list. Like, my best favorite ten books ever in the history of the universe list. But Sharon Bowers wrote it a while ago, so the only way you can get it is in paperback, and it's generally now only for sales like secondhand. I am dying for somebody to please, please take this book, track Sharon Bowers down, and get this book onto Kindle. Because this book needs to be in the lesbian sector. It's so good. Brooklyn, you need to find a copy of this book and read it. Well, good thing that it's on this podcast, so I can refer to it later and get it. Cool. So who's your... Official last pick. I picked Requiem because Sheena said that I could pick seven as not a number as well. So don't forget about that. Okay, so I've picked Requiem. From Requiem for Immortals by Lee Winter, which is a book that is on my every top ten list. And I purposefully didn't pick because... Everybody would have guessed that you picked it. Yes, but I'm so glad you picked it because it definitely deserves to be on here. (laughs) Can you do the synopsis for me? Because this book is so magical, so secretive, that if I even try to do the synopsis, I would just, like, ruin it. Requiem for Immortals is just the most brilliant thriller, like, ever. So, 
I'm going to read you the synopsis. Professional cellist Natalia moves seamlessly among the elite where she fills the souls of symphony patrons with beauty even as she takes the lives of the corrupt of Australia's ruthless underworld. The cold, exacting assassin is hired to kill a woman who seems so innocent that Natalia can't understand why anyone would want her dead. As she gets to know her target, she can't work out why she even cares. But she does. <laughs> surprise, surprise. This book has so many twists and so many turns that I just, I, I read it. I could not read anything for weeks afterwards because all I wanted to do was read Requiem. But because it's one of those uniquely amazing books, I remember like every single word, which I never do with a book. And so I can't reread it because I remember it still. So I'm in this horrible stack scenario where I can't reread my favorite book. Brooklyn, it's torture. It's torture. You guys should freaking see her right now. I've got her like all riled up and this is exactly why I picked this book. I love it when she gets hyped about this book. It is an amazing book, but this is the reason why I picked Natalia. She is in such control of her body. Like, you know, the fitness, the control over her body that she has makes her basically indestructible. Like she's smart. She knows karate. She takes people down. She's calculated. Like when I said like Pax is smart, like Natalia was very, very smart and very calculated. And I think calculated, strong, smart people are the most dangerous people. And that's why she made my number five. I think out of everybody, she could probably slip in and slip out and you'd be dead before you realized it. And that's why I picked Natalia. I agree. I think she could kick everybody else's ass. You bring up an interesting point about how in control she is of everything. And when Brooklyn means everything, like everything. Uh Natalia even uses sex as a weapon. And it's fascinating to watch. And it's just so perfect to read. Like every word in this book is just perfectly placed. And I think Lee Winter has ruined me forever with this book. So Lee, (laughs) if you're listening to this, you have ruined me, woman. (laughs) I hear it it, it gets it goes back to regular over time. Like you go back to regular over time. I'll never be the same. Requiem has forever changed me. <sighs> okay. So I got through my top five, the five that I had to pick, and now I'm gonna go and talk about the ones that talk about the one that Sheena said that I could have. So everybody in the world, this is a little bit of a longer book, but it's called Sharpshooter. An undercover team goes in on a mission, the mission goes haywire. And Seven, who's part of the mission, winds up getting, like, stranded out in the forest, basically, because she's injured and shot. And her childhood friend, who is doing, like, missionary work, is also out in the same country. And so, basically, the story is, like, basically, they, like, come together, and the people hunting Seven are also going to be hunting Dr. Mackenzie, I believe her name is. And they need to escape the forest. Okay. So, Seven is this bad at ASS. There's a scene, and it's written so well... And I talk about it all the time, but this is why Seven's my top pick. So there's a villain in there named Maria, and she's attacking Seven and the good doctor. And so the doctor's, like, getting beat up and stuff like that, and Seven comes to her rescue. And in this scene, she writes, Maria is dying, and you get to hear Maria's last thoughts. And her last thoughts are, like, I wonder what it looks like for my life, like, what it looks like to see the life fade out of my eyes and like seven is just she kills her by choking her like could death get any more personal or harder to do than choking somebody out like seven has done all of it like 
had to choke people out, like, shot people. Like, if Seven and Jack went up in, like, a hand-to-hand -hand comment or if they, like, were up against each other in shooting, I know Seven would win. Like, I feel like the only way Seven would lose at anything is if she would be up against some type of magical powers. And so that's why Seven reigns supreme for me, because she could also pick me up and swing me around like a small child. Basically, I agree with you. I think Seven is a kick-ass character. And honestly, the book is long, but I didn't even realize it was long until after I'd read it because I was so engrossed in it. Me too. Like, someone said, like, oh my god, this book is long. And that's when I went back to check the amount of pages because I didn't even realize that it was, like, 600 pages. I didn't even know. It felt like a 300-page book to me. So Leslie Murray's planning on releasing another book at some point, and I'm very excited about that. She wrote Sharpshooter, and Sharpshooter is such an awesome book it's actually also made a couple of my top 10 lists i think sharpshooter is definitely a brilliant read and it, it's got everything it's got a bit of action it's got a bit of like the intense kind of romance that blossoms between the two and it's got just everything it's, it's like a really great read it's got a funny gay man in it too i love it no it's a fantastic read and that wraps up my list so out of all 12, 13, whatever it is, we ended up with kick-ass kick, kick chicks. Who is the most kick-ass? Who's going to kick everybody else's butt? Um, I would say if the playing field was even, it would be seven. But, like, if we're going to have magical powers, <laughs> it'd probably be Cassie. Yeah, I think you're right. I think also she'd probably be more ruthless than Cade. Yeah. Is doing it for the love. I was going to say, because she comes from the apocalypse. Like, this girl just wants to get laid, so don't get in her way. A girl after my own heart. I think she's the only short girl that I picked. Ah, you picked a short girl. It doesn't say that she's tall, so I'm not saying that she's short, but Pax is taller than Cassie. That's true. Yeah. But I also picked Pax because she was hot and tall <laughs> and smart. That's a turn on. So, Brooklyn Reviews for the Lesbian Review. You can contact her on our Facebook group. The Lesbian Review Book Club. So, come talk to Brooklyn. She's around every now and then. She's great fun. And older ladies, older tall ladies. She's in the market right now. And she's a cutie pie, even if I say so myself. <laughs> Thank you. I'm blushing, but she didn't turn off the video, so she can't tell. Thank you for joining me today, Brooklyn. You have been an awesome guest. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to rate this podcast and subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. Come join our chat group, the Lesbian Talk Show chat group on Facebook. Come talk to us. We want to hear what awesome action novels you would pick and which chicks would kick ass in your opinion. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. And you like your woman <laughs> taller. Yeah. <laughs> and older. <laughs> and older. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Older tall drink of waters. You need to, you know, contact Brooklyn at the Lesbian Review. <laughs> Sheena, thanks for the hookup. I'm single, ladies. I need this. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I said mud. I'm pretty sure I said wrestling, but I'm pretty sure I did not say mud. Oh, wait, it was jello. That's right. You said jello. I did not say jello. Who wants to wrestle in jello? Ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to say if she leaves this in here, she officially admitted she was wrong. She totally said wrestling, and hence, therefore, stands to reason she said mud wrestling. No, I'm pretty sure I did not say mud or jello. It just sounds sticky and gross. She said bikinis too. <laughs> I did not say bikinis. Oh my gosh. You can wear a bikini. Hi.
that's okay. I'll be happily sit there watching you in a bikini running around in the mud. By myself, like you and Tara, just like, look at this crazy girl. <laughs> I would have so much fun too. I'm going to stop podcasting with you if you keep calling me out on everything. <laughs> well, someone has to. <laughs>